One take. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Relatable Thoughts. Have you ever had any of these thoughts? I'm not enough. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Or something's gone wrong in my life. Well, you aren't alone. In fact, it means you're alive and human. Here on the podcast, we're going to get real and talk about all kinds of thoughts we might have that affect our life. But most of all, we're going to have fun and release whatever tension these thoughts have on your life. So let's take a deep dive into relatable thoughts. Hey friends, welcome back to another great episode of Relatable Thoughts. Uh, it's good to be back. How are you all doing? I always say keep. it's good to be back. I mean, it is always good to be back, but like, eh, it's a little repetitive, probably. <laughs> it's me being a little self-critical about myself, which is exactly what we are doing today. But before we get into that, um, just want to get in, do a little self-check with you right here. How are you doing? Like, you can be honest with me. You know, it's just you and me here. You having a hard day? I mean, yeah, I feel you. I'm having hard days too. <laughs> I get it. It is, life is getting busy. It's getting crazy, but I'm glad that you decided to be here, decided to give me some of your time. I know how valuable it is. And so I appreciate you. And I promise that you're going to get more value out of this for giving up your time. Um, because today we're going to be talking about something that'll help you feel better about yourself, or at least help you change the way that you're thinking about yourself. And I mean, if you are really struggling, if you don't feel good about yourself, you don't feel confident, you don't feel like your life is working out the way that you want it to, you have a vision for how things could be better, but you just feel like you can't reach it. Well, you're in luck. I have something awesome in store. In the next month or so, I'm going to be announcing kind of what my new program is going to be looking like. I'm hoping to have a website out. So I haven't decided exactly, you know, what I'm calling it and I'm still figuring out a ton of the details. But basically what I can tell you is I am going to guarantee you the results of feeling better about your life. In what I'm going to be teaching you and what I'm going to be announcing, I'm going to be able to help you decide what you want and desire for your life and help you take those steps to getting exactly what you want. It's going to be amazing. It's my belief that it can literally change your life and help you ultimately just love the life you have. So stay tuned for that. If you're interested, send me a DM asking me questions, send me your email, your Instagram or whatever way you can contact me. I'm hoping to get more information out as soon as I can. Yeah. And, you know, don't listen to your brain. If it's telling you, nah, like he doesn't need to listen to me. He doesn't need this or I'm, I'm fine. Just just go for it. Shoot your shot. See what happens. I some of the best things in my life have always come from the idea of just shoot your shot. Anyway, enough about that. On to the episode. This episode really just stems. It started from my public speaking class, actually. Yes, I'm taking a public speaking class. Um, I want to improve my speaking skills, and it's something that I've been super nervous about. I mean, I just I just freeze up when I get up on stage, which you're like, Caleb, you have a podcast episode. How could you freeze up? I'm like, I still freeze up in front of this. So, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, it, 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 that's how it works. Like, it, this is just, just how I have been programmed, how I program myself, basically. But I figure with life coaching, I wouldn't hurt to learn more about communication skills. So during one of the classes, we took this poll about how we feel about our skills, our skills, like basically rate yourself. Are you more likely to be confident in talking to someone or shy? Are you more likely to take the lead or step back? Those kinds of questions. So we took the quiz and for the most part, everyone answered pretty positively. And the majority was always on the positive end of those kinds of questions about themselves, except for one question, which was, 
would you describe yourself as self-compassionate or self-critical? And do you know what the results were? The results were, in my opinion, astronomical. It was 83% self-critical, 17% practicing self-compassion. And this is a class of like 200 people. Um, So, you know, kind of a small sample size. We can't just say, wow, statistically significant or anything. But still, 83% self-critical? Coming from people who might feel confident or brave or capable or worked hard, they answered those questions and they said, yeah, I feel that way. But they chose still to be self-critical. This, it really blows my mind. It's honestly boggling my mind. Like people still don't believe in themselves. But it's, it totally makes sense in the end. And I really just wanted to dive into it. Like, of course, like I still struggle with believing myself. I still find myself beating myself up. Like my shock isn't about that. That's totally normal. It's the fact that when they were asked the question, 83% of the people chose to define themselves in this way and to say, this is the kind of person that I am. They labeled themselves, I am self-critical, meaning it was a belief. It's kind of hard ingrained in them. It wasn't just kind of a random thought. And maybe, you know, trying to fully understand what does this choice really mean for them? You might feel exactly the same way. That's why I wanted to talk about it. I feel like this is majority rather than minority happening for I believe this is happening for a majority of you rather than a minority of you as from this poll, basically. Like, you might be confident in your abilities or your situation, but when it comes to how you just feel about yourself, you turn to be self-critical rather than self-compassionate. You're like, basically, I don't know. To me, it sounds like you're saying to yourself, yeah, I know I do this. I'm self-critical. Like, someone, like, kind of talks about, like, their smoking or their drug addiction. Like, yeah, this is a problem I have. I haven't been able to shake it, basically. And I know you're not stupid. None of you guys are stupid. Like, we all have a good reason for exactly for what we're doing. Our brains give us strong evidence and reasoning for why we should choose to be self-critical. So I want to fully understand why. That's why I asked the question on social media, and that's why we're talking about it here. What's the purpose of this? Well, first, let's make sure we're on the same page. In the end, this boils down to a discussion on criticism. According to the great Wikipedia, the practice of judging the merits and faults of something is what criticism is. I would say that without criticism, we are in fact, therefore, unaware of any other opinion, except of course our own, which sometimes just makes us even more unaware, because <laughs> we confuse ourselves. That's the point, really, of feedback, of criticism in the end, because it's bringing awareness based on judgment. So like when I practice a speech or an interview or you turn in a school assignment, you get feedback from the audience or the teacher. That provides awareness of what you are doing and how it appears in the other person's mind. Or maybe you just simply lack the knowledge for something and so your grade reflects the necessary feedback to help you understand what you in fact were lacking. All criticism in the end, therefore, is a method for making something aware or bringing awareness to a person. And we all need awareness. I talk about awareness all the time. I love awareness. That's why there are life coaches out there. That's why there are therapists. That's why I truly recommend opening up to someone because that's where you gain the most awareness and understanding that isn't available because you're in the thick of it. You can't tell what, you know, you need because you're on the inside of it and therefore you don't see the need for awareness. Otherwise, you'd already be aware. So like, you know, when your friends like give you advice on dating, like you like Say, for example, you probably are the good, like the one who gives advice in situations. Like someone asks like, oh my gosh, like I need help 
um, with making this decision, or I don't know if I should date this boy. And you're like, okay, like let's talk about it. And then you give some advice and they're like, oh my gosh, like how come I didn't just think of that? Like that means so much sense basically. And you're like, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm just great, I guess. But then you go about your life and then let's say the same exact thing happens to you. You're struggling with dating and you're like, oh, I just don't know what to do. Like I need help. You go to that friend for advice and then they're like, actually, I'm pretty sure you gave me this advice. So they give it to you and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm aware now basically. That's the power of awareness. Is <laughs> you can't see anything from the inside. You have to be on the outside, outside of the problem or the issue or the thing that's clogging your mind to fully understand what you need to do, where you might want to improve or where you might want to change. That's it. There's this fun exercise you can do also to illustrate this. You could look it up. Basically, it's called testing your blind spot. Um, so while you're staring at something, like there's two symbols on a page. And so it asks you to stare at the one on the right and then you like have to move your head closer. And as you move your head closer, sorry, I move my head (laughs) closer to the mic. That's why it's louder. (laughs) You move your head closer to the paper. The left image starts disappearing. It's interesting though, because the paper is still completely present, just no image. It's interesting and fascinating because your brain is literally filling in the area, the blind spot with the surrounding area. It makes a guess. It makes an assumption. Therefore, this is why we have blind spots in awareness and we fill it in with generalizations, assumptions, and bias due to our blind spots, due to what we've learned in the past and kind of our reasoning, and we just make those assumptions, where in fact we mightn't actually be covering something up and not notice what's actually there. So this is like why feedback from other people in your life can have this kind of effect. However, I should say you get to decide for yourself if this is the feedback you want to listen to. That's your opportunity. That's your privilege. And whether you want to apply it or not, you entirely get to live your life. You don't need to seek permission from other people to choose how you want to live. You should just own it, basically. So that means you can choose to own that feedback and be like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, this is like, great. I want to apply this new thing in my life. Or you can choose to apologize for things that like, you're like, oh my gosh, that is like a mistake I didn't really want to do. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Um, But making sure that it's coming from the inside that you're desiring and being intentional about these things, you want to do them, not that you're being coerced by other people, the feedback, you're being kind of manipulated, or you're like, I don't really agree with that feedback. Like, quite yet or anything and so but maybe I should apply it I don't know maybe they're right maybe I want to please them no that's not the best way when it comes to awareness that's just only going to make us change the thing for the other person but not for ourselves meaning it won't last and we're going to feel bad about it in the end and not feel genuine about it this is where I get into self-criticism self-criticism is exactly the same thing as criticism as if we are criticizing ourselves. We are the feedback giver to ourselves. I believe there's a purpose in it, like some of you suggested in your answers to my question on, on Instagram. But I also feel like you might be using the tool of self-criticism in the wrong way, that in the end, you're only hurting yourself. We are self-critical for a good reason. Our brain wants to survive, and so it's providing awareness. Back in, like, I don't know, in the past caveman days, something like that. We, our brains needed to be aware and provide judgment and self-criticism so that we could survive. Like, oh, like next time, don't get so close to the lion's den or whatever. You might get die. You like could get eaten. We got hurt pretty bad. Let's not do that again. Basically. And you're like, okay, yeah. So that's kind of like self-critical in a sense. Yet 
nowadays in the world in which we live in we are not in physical danger yet our brain interprets kind of the social emotional mental danger that we're in as that kind of physical danger with that same kind of urgency and often it's making things mean something differently than they actually are take being critical of how you perform on an exam or something like that let's say you missed i don't know you got a c or something so you missed all these questions you could choose and i've talked about this before your most likely inclination is when you see a C, potentially, I don't know who you are. Let's say on average, though, most people would be like, oh, like that kind of that kind of sucks. Like, oh, my gosh, I should have done better. I should have done differently. But I don't know. Like, let's say if it's a C in like the engineering world, that's like a fantastic thing. And they're making it mean that that is like the best thing for them. That's the best grade they could have got. And with the curve, it's going to be fantastic. Or let's say you're going to med school. You could think this is the worst thing in the world, basically. Like, I needed to get a good grade on this. I'm not going to be able to go to med school. Or you make it mean that you're a failure of some sort. But that's the thing. We're attaching, again, meaning of an exam, what that means, the literal failure of not answering questions, to attributing that to I am therefore a failure. We are being self-critical of ourselves and attaching it to our own worth. Let's say we talk about a date, basically. And let's say you go on a date and you ask the girl or guy on another date, and they say, you know what, I'd rather not. I'm not really interested. And you go back on your date and you're like, oh my gosh, like, what did I do wrong? Did I say something? Oh, I shouldn't have said that joke or I shouldn't have acted this way. I should have done things differently. Otherwise, he would like me, basically. Well, again, you're making it mean that his liking of you is based on, is attached to your worth. And you think that you're being self-critical of yourself to the point where you are diminishing your worth because someone didn't like you. But in the end... Do you really want to be with someone who just doesn't want to be with you? All he's saying is like, yeah, like I just, I want something different. It says nothing about you. It just says, oh, actually, that's great. I'm so glad you did that because now I get to find someone that actually wants to be with me, basically. Someone that's going to fit and compliment me better than you because clearly you're not that person for me because you made that decision. And then we can make it mean something totally different, not connected to our worth. And even goes back to the things that we choose to eat. Let's say you're like, I don't know, trying to watch your weight or something. And like, you're like, oh my gosh, I, you just ate this donut. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I ruined everything. I'm never going to, you know, I'm fat. I'm not going to make it. Like, like I should just throw my goals out the window. It's just a donut. It's like a specific number of calories and specific number of macros and whatnot. And it's going to have effect on your body. And within 24 to 48 hours, it's going to be gone. Or you could work it off or just it's, in the end, if you expand your vision, can be made so insignificant that it doesn't effectively matter. And so in the end, we don't have to magnify our vision on it and say like, oh my gosh, this donut means everything and I ruined everything. Therefore, my worth is insignificant. Or we can kind of shrink our vision on it and be like, oh yeah, like, yeah, maybe I didn't want to do that, but there's nothing I can do about it now. And I'm like, I'm not going to throw my plan out just because I had this. Maybe I wanted it. Maybe I needed that. And there are different ways in which you can think about it to avoid attaching this kind of criticism of yourself to your worth and shaming yourself for it. A lot of you responded in regards to perfectionism, being critical that your observed behavior was far from perfect. It's interesting, though, because you don't need to be perfect to get the results that you want in life. And in fact, being self-critical of the fact that you are a certain distance away from perfection will ultimately slow you down and prevent you from reaching the solution you are, in fact, trying to reach. 
and there's this thing called in computer programming that we learn in when you want to approximate a solution. So let's, there are like hard math problems out there, math problems that we can't solve with like a direct integral or I don't want to confuse people with this. Basically there are just math problems that we can't solve exactly, but we can approximate them. We can kind of get close to what the perceived answer would be or kind of get close to a good guess in the area And so that area within the right answer is what we call tolerance, the amount of error that we will allow for a solution to be approximately right. The greater the tolerance, the greater the chance of the faster you'll basically find a solution. This allows us to speed up the process of finding an answer. Um, And it's super essential to everything you do. Everything you do, your calculator literally approximates solutions all the time. So when you type in sine of pi or whatever, it is approximating that solution. It is not generating an exact solution. No one's programming a bunch of exact numbers. It just computes it approximately and boom. I mean, that's my, that might not be true for everything, but that's pretty much true for most calculators. The idea I'm trying to get back is if you have a low tolerance for your choices, if you like require perfectionism, meaning you have a low tolerance, you, the harder the problems you have in your life, um, or the more complex that they are, the longer it's going to take to figure them out, the longer you're going to get stuck, and you won't be as quick in getting back up from failure. Just like a computer program isn't as quick to finding a solution just because it needs to be super exact, even though it's 0.99999 something close to the answer. A lot of you guys think you might perform better with self-criticism, but really, there's a chance that you really don't. Let's say you're communicating to your child and you blame your child for, I don't know, writing on the walls. You told your child not to write on the walls. It knew that to a certain extent, kind of like we tell our brains, hey, we shouldn't do this, but our brain being kind of like a child is going to run around and it's probably going to run around and, and draw and do all these things anyway. There are two ways we can respond in this scenario, or there's plenty of ways, but basically our inclination to, let's say someone, you know, a child, nephew, some, I don't know, imagine with me, (laughs) imagine with me, you know, someone drew on your walls and you were like, oh my gosh, like, that's the worst. You're terrible. Why did you do this? Like, you're an idiot. Baby starts crying. Baby's not going to learn. It's probably going to actually hate you in the end, and you're not going to have a good relationship with it. It. (laughs) The child. (laughs) Um, Or let's say you decide to respond with, oh, why did you try to do that? I noticed that you drew on the walls. Can you explain what happened, why you did that? And maybe it's just like, yeah, I just wanted to draw on the walls. I wanted to disobey you. You're like, okay, well, I would appreciate you if you didn't do that. I love you still, but I'm going to set some boundaries or I'm going to say, hey, like, because of this consequence, like, like, we got to make some changes, we got to like, I don't know, change the setup. I'm not a parent yet. I can't explain it all. And I'm, I'm kind of ad living here, basically. But the idea is, is that there's always multiple ways in which we can respond to our own thoughts in our brain, in our own actions. And this is really what I want to get at is like, how are you talking to yourself? In some way or another, we are communicating to ourselves. This isn't always out loud. Just like communication with those around us is not just words, there's body language, there's inflection, there's tone, there's the attention that we give. You have got to practice your belief. So I'd encourage you to pay attention. How are you communicating to yourself? When you make a mistake or when you have an error or you are far from the perfection that you want, how are you talking to yourself? 
What are the thoughts that you're choosing to feel? How do you feel about yourself in those moments? Some ways, some things to consider when you're talking to yourself is one is that you really can't be self-critical about the things that are out of your control, things that are ultimately out of your control. So like, let's say someone breaks up with you, you could choose to be self-critical and say, it's my fault, it's my fault, it's my fault, but really it's their choice. You can still take a look at your life and maybe there's some things you still want to change, but you should never blame yourself for what other people choose to do. Or let's say like, I don't know, you're trying to get a friend group, you invite people to a party, no one shows up. That's their choice. Maybe there's different things you could do for the party, but ultimately you shouldn't blame yourself for what other people choose to do. Another little tip is that when your brain points out something that you think you should have done or should have done better, you know you should have been done better or you've done perfectly before, blah, 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 on and on. My brain is going wild today, guys. It is, <laughs> it is on fire. I hope you're getting something. This is, there's another way we can talk to ourselves in satisfying the critic inside of us by providing ourselves constructive feedback, but recognizing that it has nothing to do with our worth. Like, I noticed that you've been acting this way, Caleb, or you did this. This part is great because I really value blank. But I believe that this part actually distracted us from what we're looking for, what our purpose is, what we, what our higher goal is. This is going to show awareness to us because it's what we're looking for. It's what we need is awareness. Yet instead of choosing to blame ourselves, shame ourselves with that awareness, we can choose compassion with that awareness. Now, I believe in giving you as much value as I can, so I'm going to have a classic vulnerable moment with Caleb. Recently, I've noticed myself getting more distracted at the gym. By that, I mean catching glances at people working out, staring, and overall lusting to an extent. You can interpret that with as you will. I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to get into the details. I mean, first off, I'm embarrassed by it, but I want to share it with you. It's not going to stop me from explaining and giving myself, putting myself out there. Now, is this what I want to do? Well, the muffin head in me is like, yes, I want pleasure. My brain desires this. That's just kind of the chemistry that it's designed. But myself as a person, as a soul, the decision I made myself internally, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to keep doing that. It's something I want to avoid. I have a higher desire of not taking advantage of people, being kind, and not becoming dependent on external influences for that quick fix of dopamine. So my brain is programmed to do one thing, and I want to not do that one thing. So when I look at, let's say, someone at the gym, I feel critical. I judge myself. I say to myself, I'm stupid, or I shouldn't do that, or I should know better. Maybe, maybe those things are true, and they're going to probably feel true to you in the moment. They always feel so true. But I want to offer you, even if it feels true, who cares if it's true, if it's not going to help or serve you. You guys have been thinking these kinds of thoughts your whole life, yet you keep repeating the same actions and desires. I shouldn't do this. You still do it. I shouldn't do this. I still do it. Because you can't willpower your way out of bad habits or out of anything you want to change. It has to come from a different belief about yourself. It has to come from satisfying yourself in a different manner, which is love, which is why I could choose to think about myself in this way, giving love rather than shame. Yes, love requires criticism to some effect, but that kind looks like this. Like, Caleb, you're doing awesome as a human being. And no matter what, continue to accept yourself fully and completely. You're doing great. Doesn't that feel good? I noticed that you were doing this one thing. The one thing 
that like you know previously we had promised not to do or we wanted to do a little bit better at do you want to keep doing this because i feel like really it isn't what you want no shame or anything we are allowed to make mistakes and i'm just pointing this piece of failure out so that you can grow so that you can find success so that you have the awareness and are able to choose so maybe let's try again shall we my gosh i'm just so proud of you for trying let's give it another shot All I can say to you is try it on. Try on self-love rather than being self-critical. Now, don't be afraid to be critical in your love. I mean, that is definitely allowed and totally available in loving yourself. Yet, it's being careful from avoiding the judgment and blame game. Try not willpowering your way to change. Try loving yourself to change. You can continue to use the word self-criticism to whatever extent you want. It is your life to decide. But I invite you to consider it, to reevaluate. Is this really what you want? And is this really going to help you in the change that you desire for yourself? Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. If you're struggling with anxiety, need help making a decision, or just want to feel better about something, coaching with me is the answer. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to talk with you. This week's episode was sponsored by Damaged in Darkness and Marina Stathicus. She is a great resource on mental health if you ever need it, so go check out her website. And special shout out to all of you who responded and helped create this wonderful podcast episode. Thank you so much. And to everyone, keep it spicy.